0: Hi, I'm Kim and this is Commanding Conversations. I'm a 40-something-year-old mom that decided that this stage in my life, I am not over. I realized that now that my kids are getting a little bit older, that I can still reach out and reach my goals and maybe set new ones and see where I can get. And when I realized this, I saw that having conversations with people, so many others wanted to do the same thing, but something held us back. Something always kept us in the shadows. Well, I'm here to help us break out of the shadows and shine in the light that was meant for us. So I created Commanding Conversations. I would like people to help us share their stories, their experiences, network, and I want all of us to learn how to fail forward, reach our success, get out of our comfort zone, and try to find a way to be the best version that we can be. I know that this is totally possible, and I wanna build a community where we help support each other. Have a little fun. Those topics that you don't want to talk about, don't worry, I do. And then we can always end every show with a little advice and a lot of spice. So if this sounds like something that you're interested in, then you are in the right place. So sit back, relax, and join in. Thanks. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of Commanding Conversations. I'm your host, Kim, and I am here to have you broaden your horizons, blow your mind, and talk about things that other people would decline. Oh, that kind of rhymes. How cute is that? So if you are new, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back. I appreciate all your support. And my point of view today is to make sure that you leave with maybe a little bit different of a perspective than you came in here with. So, what are we going to talk about? Witches, baby. Witches. Okay, so today I titled the episode, Which Witch is Witch? Which is a big tongue teaser, don't you think? So, when I say the word witch, if you were to close your eyes and you were to imagine what a witch is, I'm pretty sure, at least when I close my eyes, I get... The vision of this green, monstery, crooked-nosed, high-pitched voice, mole on her cheek, jet black hair, pointed hat, and an overall evil energy surrounding her person riding on a bike. It's the woman that's from the Wizard of Oz, right? It's the Wicked Witch of the West. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of you have that same idea in your head, right? Like these nasty women, they're ugly, they hate children. They're just crabby women, they're they're just yuck. So, what's sad is I know so many of those people in real life. And part of me is like, man, you really you really are uh having life imitate art right there. But anyway, people often forget about Glinda, the good witch. So see, The Wizard of Oz already had like a dual point of view, but the bad witch kind of overshadowed the good witch, right? When Dorothy landed, you know, shoes and all were given to her, the first thing that Glinda asked her was, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And that goes importantly to say for any situation, when you meet someone, one of the things that you probably are going to ask yourself in your head as you're visually sizing them up Because let's face it, that's what we all do, is are you a good person or a bad person? Now, I just want all of you to know, I have a lot of Glinda in me, but don't make me mad because a little Wicked Witch of the West, her name is Alphaba, in case you guys never knew, um, she comes out of me too. So be careful because I have my own set of flying monkeys for sure. I would love to also recommend, I'm not sponsored by this, but... I'm here to give a shout out where a shout out is due. If you ever have the chance to read the book Wicked, or if you ever find yourself in a situation or an area where the Broadway show Wicked is playing, go see it. Definitely go see it. It's a game changer. It'll make you think twice about witches in general, and it'll also change your perspective on how you see people and how quick we are to judge and how you never really know the whole side of the story until you do. Oh, I almost forgot, if you have topics, ideas, if you want to write in and tell me that what I talked about resonated with you, or if you want to be a guest on my show, check out my social pages on Facebook and Instagram, Commanding Conversations on both. Okay, thanks. Bye. So I've totally said this before, I love learning about people. I love diving into cultures, and I love figuring out how they work, what makes them tick, why people do the things that they do. And I'm not judgmental about it. I'm actually very, very curious, and I want to learn about it. And I also think, you know, we work better when we share ideas from other other cultures, countries that kind of came out together. Um, so when I saw this article of witches, immediately, immediately, I was like, oh, what is this going to be about? So then of course I'm like, Ooh, let's read, let's read on. Cause you know, you think there's going to be some like hidden spell or something in there that's going to lead you to something that you don't know. So what I know from what I know, from what I know is I did some research back in the day and this article definitely um, helped promote the same views, values and facts that I've known throughout the years That back in that, which has been around, it's one of like the oldest religions and also professions to date back to the beginning of time, right? So back in the day, before the evil stereotype, before, you know, they fell from grace, when someone would have mentioned a witch, they also call them high priestesses. They call them um, evoked leaders, When you pictured a witch, let me paint you a picture of what you would see. These women, there were some men, but they were very few and far between. They did focus on women. First of all, they were revered and respected, okay? They were beautiful. They were considered wise, powerful healers. They made house calls. They delivered babies. They helped with infertility. They also helped with impotence, too. They helped herbally with impotence. They weren't hands-on in that aspect. Um, they mixed herbs together to mend the sick and heal wounds, and that would probably be called a prescription today. But, you know, that's what happened back in the day. They took very seriously... The art of respecting the earth, giving back to the earth, because we are one with the earth. So if you think about it, it's kind of you know n- like modern day Native American-y. These women in the Middle East were worshipped, absolutely worshipped. They were held, they were held on high councils. No major decision was ever made without them, and these women were also the main part of some of the holiest rituals. If you look back at Egyptian times, Cleopatra, I mean, no one messed with her, but it wasn't just because of that. They encompassed a holistic aspect of making all of them important. Like they looked at all aspects, body, mind, spirit, and soul. So I don't understand how we're beginning with this, how these these beautiful, loving, kind helpful, caring women turned into these, like, gargoyles of, you know, nastiness and evil. I don't, I don't get it. If you were to describe a witch, if you were to have, like, let's say a session with them, these women, they were intelligent. They were intuitive. And as you come to find out later on in this season, I love my intuition and I'm my intuition, girls. They were alluring, they were exotic, they were mesmerizing, they were kind of like temptresses, however, in a positive light, right? So I don't know, think of like a fairy or a fairy godmother. That's who these women were. And let me tell you, they sound like my women, like they can sit at my table, you know, we can, we can hang out and do this all day long. And I just... I don't understand. So I'm reading this article and I'm starting to write notes because I'm an avid note writer. I write down everything. And I'm wondering, like, what happened? What, on like, what changed? And you all know from the beginning of the whole Commanding Conversations seasons, um, I am here to empower women to find their best self, to reach within, to find what's going on, to educate, to enlighten. You know, I am all about... Us women taking our power back, you know, it's the time of Lilith. Am I a crazy feminine? No. Do I hate men? Absolutely not. Do I think that maybe it's time we took our power back? Yep. And with that being said, so I'm not a man hater. I don't want anyone to say in the comments like, ah, she's awful. With that being said, if you want to know what happened, I can tell you men happened. So, you're probably like, what? Men happen? Ooh, they sure did. That show did. So, if you want to have like a fun water cooler talk or, you know, talking to your friend, your mom, your sister, your cousin, and you're like, ooh, fun fact, just to get a little historical here around 1300 BC, the shift in perspective started to change. And it became encompassed by this, like, warrior culture. I mean, think Gladiator, 300, Rome. I mean, I am Sparta, you know, like, stuff like that. So with this warrior culture complex that was going on, it expanded and it expanded and it expanded. You know, energy has a life of its own. So with this culture, the value started to change focus. And things started to move into a more aggressive light. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to be a rocket scientist to tell you this, but you don't mess with testosterone, aggression, and men. Okay? Have you ever seen a bar fight? Have you ever been to a hockey game? Those are just tips of the iceberg. So when these men had all these bouts of aggression, and now they were the gods of war, the men had to be in charge. And I completely agree. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus and it's completely different. And, you know, we're here to balance yin and yang each other and we are here to bring out the best in each other. So sometimes, oftentimes, when a man goes a little, little extra, has that testosterone flow and nothing, it's it, nothing wrong with it. It's completely and totally normal. It's usually the woman that diffuses the situation, Right. But when you're on this, like, testosterone high and when you're on this, like, roller coaster that you never want to end, you don't want someone to take that high away from you. You don't want someone to settle you down when all of your boys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to have a girl come over and be like, hey, knock it off. Chill out. Calm down. Because then it looks like the woman is in charge. And then it makes the men look weak. And we can't have that. Because the testosterone explosion that's now dominating a once revered female deity and female-raised area, or female-encompassed area, egos get hurt. I mean, it's just that simple. I totally paused there for a second. Sorry. We all know what happens when a man's ego gets bruised. Ladies, you know it. Men, I'm sorry to have to tell you this but you guys get a little butt hurt, And it stays with you for like a lot longer than just a second. And by the time you get back to where you were, it's been a long minute, right? Boys pout, then they need their egos built back up again. Aye. So they wanted to keep that high going and they wanted to keep the momentum flowing, right? Like they were gods and gods could have all the women. I mean, look at Zeus. You want to talk about a man whore and an lit- illegitimate child? Oh my gosh, I can't even say that. But yeah, I mean, Zeus, he got around. He did. But he was a god because all men are gods, aren't they? And because he was a god, it was okay. I mean, granted, women are goddesses, but yet with stipulations, it's definitely a double-edged sword. It's definitely not fair. But that's okay. I'm totally digressing here. So the men are in charge. The men have their ego. They have to be the one that's everyone listens to. Okay, cool, great, fine. But the real kicker, the real nail in the coffin that really solidified the awful stereotype of witches as we know it now was when unfortunately, good old Christianity came to town. Okay, so before we get excited and before we get our tinsel in a tangle, I want to fully disclose that everything that I'm about to talk about in this episode is strictly factual based, okay? I come from an extremely religious background family, I went to a private Catholic school for 12 years. I respect people that have a faith base. I feel like everyone should. I'm also going to say that there that no one's faith base is wrong. And believing in what you believe in, as long as it's important to you and it makes you a better person, I'm all for it. So what I'm about to say might trigger some people, which is exactly why I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So the Bible and Christianity, they came along, right? And... Christianity and the houses, the churches, the establishments that they ran, let's be honest, they were governed, mayored, policed by men. And men had the final rule and the final call and they were in charge. They made the rules. They were allowed to break the rules. But I digress there. Women, A, were women, are women, and there was a power struggle we're going back to that, you know, like testosterone. You can't tell me what to do. So with that being said, in Christianity, in general, if you didn't worship their God the way that they wanted you to worship their God, then you were a heathen because there was only one way, and it was their way. So when when the witches would get together— They were pagans, and pagans respected all forms of gods. They loved the four corners, which would stand for fire, water, earth, and air. And they believed in the respect of Mother Earth, and they believed that everything flowed into each other, and that's what made it, you know, coexist. That's what made it just flow well, and, like, it it worked. They were four puzzle pieces that fit perfectly, and you needed all four to make life the best that it could be. So people that don't understand everything that's going on and they they create fear within themselves, right? So fear can eat away at you and people don't like fear. So your natural reaction to fear is to shut it down. So with these men not understanding what these women are doing, they're like, oh my gosh, they must be doing something awful. And And remember how I said, if you didn't worship their God the way that they worship their God, you were a heathen. So if you're not worshiping their God, mind you, this is what they're thinking, then you must be worshiping the devil. I mean, obviously, clearly, right? Duh. I mean, Christianity, it did. It killed the beauty that was left, any beauty that was left in the name of a witch and now would be a really good time get a beverage actually get a cocktail get a little snack because i'm about to blow your mind okay are you ready because i am and believe me when i get done with this i'm gonna need a cocktail myself so are you ready for this between another history fact Between about like 12 and 1400 A.D., probably right around the 1300s, um, there was this big conundrum. It was like this hidden social uproar. And I'm sure they were like uh, the men, you know, monks were walking around, probably brewing their beer and figuring out what they can script about next. But there was this conundrum about what consists of a sin and what makes a sin whose fault is it that's what it was and you are going to go crazy when I tell you this but are you ready around that time the monks were trying to decide what was a sin what was good and believe me I have no idea how the Catholic, or not Catholic, the Christian, I keep saying that, I apologize. I don't know how the Christian religion is like the biggest religion on the planet because they pretty much tell you that sex is only for procreating. You should find no pleasure, no enjoyment in it, and it's wrong. So with that being said, that doesn't give you Catholic guilt issues. Um, it makes me wonder where they come up with all these things. Like, oh, you are sitting around, monks are brewing some beer, and they were like, oh, hey, guess what? That person, they can't touch themselves. That person, they're wrong. They're done. So let's get back to this conundrum, okay? So in a huge monastery there, which is where monks are, in case you didn't know, um, the topic of, are you ready? The topic of wet dreams came about. But it wasn't just a topic. Nope, it was not. It was a full-fledged conundrum. It was... It was like an obsession for almost a century. They could not define if a wet dream was a sin. Well, of course it's a sin because there was pleasure at the end of it, whether you knew what was going on or not. But was it the man's sin or was it because of the woman? So clearly it's because of the woman because that's what we're doing. And like I'm being a little, I don't know, Shallow, or I'm being a little snarky right now, but we all know boys, they're like a little bit of late bloomers. So if it took you until 1300 AD to figure out that you wake up and Mother Nature left you a surprise and you're alone and you have to blame someone, really, really, what have you been doing this whole time? Seriously. And we do know that men sometimes have a hard time owning up to their own actions, right? Let's not get into the whole topic of apologizing. That's a whole nother can of worms. But now I'm going to repaint this picture. Remember, I literally have Britannica facts that will back me up. Links in the bio. Like, it's it's mind-blowing. It's insane. It's incredible. Actually, it's super interesting to me. So I don't know if it was just, like, out of hand or what. I mean, how much can you do at a monastery? And what did you do? Like, did you go into town and you see the girl hold a baguette and you came back and you were like, hey, hey. So what this new picture that I'm going to paint you of a witch is how these men portray these witches. Okay. Cause they, they can't take the blame. Did you ever find a man that openly was like, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Let's move forward. Let's grow past this. If you did find that man, please find him for me, give him my number and I need to talk to him because that would be, that would be a beautiful fresh air burst in my face. So men can't, admit when they're wrong especially if they're caught and monks often shared sleeping quarters so now the monks have to have a scapegoat they have to find someone that they can blame because clearly a man has no control especially if he's sleeping he has no control over what's going on so it was now painted that if there were women of mystery or of a certain level of intelligence. Let's face it, smart women are scary. True story. You're listening to one. So these women that they would meet in town or kept to themselves or, you know, maybe were able to put herbs together to heal you when you were sick with a cold, the flu. You found a way to make an organic antibiotic if you cut yourself. Well, clearly these women were different, and. Not only that, these women now are portrayed as witches. So the power of the witch is like completely taken in a whole different direction. If you have to put down characteristics of what a witch was according to these monks, which again, right out the gate, non-biased. First of all, for those of you that don't know, When you become a monk or a priest in the Catholic or Christian society, not Orthodox, but regular, you take a vow of celibacy, which means you don't sleep with anybody. And that's your way of saving yourself for when you're in heaven and you're pure and you're not distracted and you're focused. Ladies and gentlemen, how much did that help? They're so focused and not distracted that they wake up in a mess every day. Okay, well, I'm just gonna throw that out there because I'm very, very blunt, very sarcastic and I'm having fun with this. So now if a woman had, you know, a quiet confidence about her, all of a sudden something's up with her. And I have a couple of examples, like, like easy examples. And I love using Disney because Disney is the best double-edged sword to pretty much talk about any messed up situation in life, in society, in history, etc. Look at Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She was quiet. She kept to herself. She was smart. She wanted to learn. She was capable of taking care of herself. So clearly that made her weird because she was different. Because she wasn't a damsel in distress. She didn't need a big burly guy to take care of her. If you've ever seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame... Esmeralda was a gypsy. Listen, I will be the first person to tell you, gypsies, they've got stereotypes of their own. I'm just talking about the witch aspect. But Esmeralda would dance in the streets and she would make money. Um, I'm not saying anybody was a saint or a sinner. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm saying is how they're painted in the light. Now, Esmeralda, being a gypsy, she came from a lower... Social class, a lower income, right? So people that come from a lower social class or a lower income, they may not be as finessed in etiquette or finessed in social graces, but they're sure as hell street smart. And that's because they had no choice. They had to be. So because they're smart, it's almost like people that were given grace and were given privilege and probably wouldn't know what to do if they were stuck in a dark alley they will take this and hold this against them because now it makes them look like they're inadequate. So they already start this judgment basis. So those are two women that I can tell you that are judged for being different, you know? And they weren't. They just had a thirst for knowledge. They had a way of maneuvering life and they didn't have to rely on other people. And independence is scary, especially to people that don't know how to be independent, people that don't know how to be alone, you know? So then there were all these rumors that started because when you see what these women are doing, you can start to have your imagination go into overdrive and you're going to wait, just, just wait till you hear all of the stories I'm about to tell you. Okay, so let's dive deep into this. Remember how I said that monks wanted to blame their wet dreams on women, right? So some of these women that they, you can't just like walk into town and be like, I'm going to blame X, Y, and Z because, you know, back then it wasn't just like someone got blamed, like you got killed because they were bored. So they really needed to come up with some better progressive positive hobbies, So if you were to, like, bunch in together, like, a you know, grocery list of what men were looking for for women that could possibly stir their little baguettes themselves. Let me now repaint a picture of what these new witches or these new women, these heathens, these sinners. Let me paint a picture of what they look like. Well, first... She would exhume a power that cannot be controlled. Side note, we call that confidence nowadays. Just, you know, throwing that out there. These men believed that these women were invoked by the devil. And that the only way that you could cast the devil out of these women was through torture and fire. Clearly, because, you know, bleeding once a month for half of your life doesn't, you know, torture us enough. It's cool. It's fine. No, please give us some more. We're women. We can multitask. It's fine. So, now that men can't control themselves because of how they look at women, because we're invoked by the devil, because God only knows what their beautiful imaginations are doing, let's just, let's keep going. Let's keep going. You're not allowed to make eye contact with these women. (sighs) If you make eye contact... With these sultry women, you lock eyes with them, and then they have the power, the women have the power to make you vulnerable, and then susceptible, and then develop feelings and understanding for this woman. No, not that. No, God, no. Ew, feelings. And then you would instantly be considered guilty. Because you're open-minded and you're giving these women, these heathens, a chance. These women were mixing magic potions and writing spells and creating elixirs in their cauldron. Now, did the men know what they were doing? Nope. But they also didn't understand. And when you don't understand what's going on, you either have faith or fear. And let me explain that because that's my own little thing. Faith is believing in something you don't understand. When you're a little kid and you need to go to the emergency room because you've been thrown up for five days and you can't keep anything down, you go. Why? Because the doctor and the nurses are going to help you. Why? Because you believe in something you don't understand. You know it's going to happen. Fear means that you don't understand what's going on, so you automatically think it's wrong. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, You have intuition and that's your gut feeling. Those are your spidey senses that go off and tell you if something's right or if something's wrong. But that doesn't give you the right to hurt other people. And it's kind of a double-edged sword too because if you're sick, if you're hurt, if you need someone in the middle of the night to help deliver your baby who's breached and they didn't know what they were doing back then and someone was able to not only deliver your baby but save your life, well, then it's okay. But if something's going on in a cauldron and they're, you know, boiling something, hence they were the ones that started boiling rags for live births when it was happening. So, you know, you can thank them for that. All of a sudden, if you don't understand what's going on, and I am not singling out men at all. Women are just as guilty. But if you don't believe in something or not that you don't believe, if you don't understand what's going on. And this is a life lesson, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't understand what's going on, how often are you very quick to judge, very quick to fill in your own blanks so that it does make sense to you without even knowing the full story? I myself have been guilty of it, and I've also definitely been on the receiving end of it. It's not a fun place to be. That's why I ask so many questions all the time. So back to my story of painting the picture of the witches. A lot of these women were social outcasts. They were, like I said, of a lower social class. And, you know, something that breaks my heart is actually a lot of the women were also elderly women or widowed women. Because, you know, I mean, clearly when your husband dies, you have no sense of worth. Duh. I mean, duh. I'm just going to leave that there for a second. So with being not socially acceptable, a lot of these women would live on the outskirts of town, right? Because they don't need a spotlight on them saying, hey, pick on me, pick on me. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've definitely walked into a room and I felt everyone talking about me. And I mean, because, you know, seventh grade never ends for some people and it's not a fun feeling. So they're not going to put a spotlight on themselves. They're going to keep to themselves. Because remember, they don't need to be entertained by these people. They don't need affirmations, validation. They don't don't need the constant attention from these people, which again, can scare other people. Small-minded people have big mouths, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. I'll wait for you to get a pen and a piece of paper so you can write that down. Small-minded people have big mouths. And these small-minded people came up with a great way to make themselves feel full of valor, validity, self-worth by creating falsities, rumors, rumors that snowballed, that turned into, you know, folklore centuries later, but not only ruining that person's life, but like changing history if you think about it. I know I just went totally exaggerated on you, but seriously, it can happen. So these women that stay by themselves on the outskirts of town because they don't want to be made a spectacle of and they want to be left alone, well, now now, the, the reputation is going to be affected. So because these women stay away, they're automatically promiscuous. Clearly. I mean, these women might not be wait, waking up with a mess in their bed, but, you know, they're probably waking up with a book and breakfast. I mean, I don't know. I just can't. These women, they were strong. They were independent. They were beautiful. They, they had a lot of self-care, but in a natural way. They were confident. They were sensual because they understood the importance of body, mind, spirit, and soul. And they were farmers and they were smart and they were horticulturists. And they knew the, the makings in the way of like how the tide works with the moon cycle. And side note, a lot of men don't know this, but the moon cycle controls your menstrual cycle. It all goes together. So they just didn't boast about it. And because it was considered taboo, because clearly they didn't have how to track your period in the Bible. So I know, I've read it all, just so you know. So because they were sensual, because they knew how to make things, situations better, that's what they did. They know that the point of life is to make it the best existence for everyone, right? And I'm talking about good witches. I'm not talking about like crazy people. I'm talking about like the stereotypical high priestess, what they would have called a goddess and then turned into a witch that now is like a crazy person. They were desired, they were lusted after and that automatically made them devilish whores. And that's awful. They were accused by others who were jealous and insecure and gossiping. And oftentimes these lies, they were so concocted from people of power because remember my friends, here's another one you can write down insecurities are loud, but confidence is quiet. So if you have your ish together and you know what you're doing, you don't have to brag about it. I always loved this analogy. Like if you have a million dollars in the bank, you know, you have a million dollars in the bank. You don't have to tell anyone you have a million dollars in the bank. But if you have to tell someone that you have a million dollars in the bank, chances are you don't. So remember that too. So These men and women of a high status, right? They needed the gossip, the stimulation. They needed the drama. They needed all of this to help their kind of tawdry, boring lives go by, right? And because they were of this financial status, because they were of this aristocracy, well, they could never, ever be accused of that. (laughs) Please. That's silliness. Silliness. These allegations were literally coming from people who were not happy in their lives. They were friggin' miserable, okay? This is an 18 and up show. I can, believe me, it's about to get a lot more colorful. And Misery really, really, really does love company. I mean, think about it. Like, the telephone game, when you hear gossip. but I'm just as good. Gu- like, everybody likes a good story, except when it's about you and except when it's not true. Or, or how about except when people like to fill in lots of blanks, right? It's crazy. Yeah, super fun. Just remember, karma, karma's a thing. It sure is. But misery definitely does love company, okay? So, it was not until um the mayor's wife and the, it was a mayor's wife of a Puritan or not a Puritan, um, oh my goodness, a pilgrim village in the US, a mayor's wife was having infertility issues. And there was a local um, a local witch, right? Like, you know, set off in the outskirts of the town. And instead of calling her, like, at least Native Americans, they would call that woman, like, a medicine woman. Or, you know, these, I, a high priestess term was used a lot. So I like using that. Instead, they're calling her a witch. Okay, fine, whatever. She helped the mayor and his wife conceive. And someone that worked for them saw this woman come in the middle of the night and thus the drama and the rumors began, okay? Now, let me get back to the basics. Now, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of this episode, I said that witches would help women with infertility and also men with impotence problems, okay? So who's to say that maybe it wasn't the problem with the mayor's wife? Maybe it was the husband's problem. Maybe it was the mayor, Maybe the mayor was shooting blanks. Who knows? I don't know. But the point of this is that this woman helped them. So the witch was accused and she was actually jailed. But then they were about to arrest the mayor's wife. And like, that's when all hell broke loose. Because A, she's the mayor's wife. Like you can't, you can't accuse the mayor's wife. B, she was rich. Rich people don't, they don't meddle with low people of society. See, she had a baby, so it's fine. The witch didn't do anything. So there you go. But shortly thereafter, it was very funny because the charges A were dropped and the gossip was hushed very quickly. So I find that very ironic that it would take someone of a different social status to stand up. Uh, It wasn't her choice, let's be real. But to stand up for something that may or may not be true. Don't you think that's ironic? Go, Alanis. I love you. So to go back to this really, really quick, I wanted to get like a modern take versus like what was going on back then. And there is a method to my madness. I definitely have lots of morals in this story. But women that were targeted... They were social outcasts, right? They were different. They didn't do what everyone else did. Like, I picture little minions, right? And if you step outside the lines or, you know, you drive on a different road, all of a sudden there's something wrong with you because people don't understand, you know, faith or fear. And a lot of these social outcasts, they're easy to accuse because everyone loves a great piece of gossip. And then when you add a little bit of torture for your Friday night amusement, I mean, it's not like they could Netflix and chill, you know? What is better than that? These all stemmed from people that had other things in common. These are people that didn't like their own lives. These are people that maybe they were men that wanted attractive women, but due to their social rank and status, they couldn't have them. It's a thing. It's still a thing if you think about it. You know, there are taboos, there are dramas that go around with that. How about women that were jealous because their man was looking at the woman that they weren't, okay? If you couldn't have them, you don't get mad. You get everything. Like Ivana, Ivana Trump said that so well. I love it. Maybe these women were jealous because these other women had their ish together. Maybe the men were intimidated because these women had their ish together. And God forbid, let's get back to the whole power struggle of the testosterone and I am man and I am a Greek goddess god warrior and I can make this happen. These are all insecurities. And everyone has insecurities. But you want to talk about a plot on the Mean Girls twist? I mean, that movie is like child's play compared to what they did to these witches. But it makes me want to stop you. And it makes me want to ask you a question. Who is the witch now? Okay, ready for that fun fact that I was talking about before, how I knew a little bit of like background with witches and stuff? I've always been really big on just like, like I went to school, I was an English major and I just, I I love words. Like words carry deep meanings, right? So here's a fun fact for you that I knew from a long time ago because I had a really cool English professor that told us this. It was just really awesome. So witches are known for casting spells, right? But do you know how this word actually came to be? So witches were known as healers. If we haven't, like, connected the dots at this point and if I wasn't clear, um, healers are, like, they would be, like, modern-day pharmacists or modern-day doctors. So witches would write down the ingredients. They would basically be your prescriptions, right? And they would write it down. They would write down the order of operations. They would write down, you know, a little scientific theory-based based, um No, it's just to to revert back to um, what works, what doesn't, who has reactions, who doesn't. It's like they were charting and they had their book of spells because you weren't telling the word, you were spelling the word and they were spelling out the steps. I'm going to go and be real sarcastic and go out on a limb because you probably have to spell it out if a man is following the directions. I mean, men are not that great at following directions. So, you know, got to leave it. To a girl to kind of get get that stuff done. So these spells were kept together in a book. So when you needed them, you could go back and you can recreate exactly what you were looking for and, and what you needed. And only educated women can write it down because let's face it, like you can't write down a spell if you only know how to serve tea, you know? So by writing it down or spelling it out because you're not talking it, you're spelling it, so that they can remember everything and they were able to use it again this just totally a reminds me of a woman thing to do i mean hey (laughs) like it's kind of like duh but then um they also realized that when you spell it out you put it out into the universe and it was also a form of manifestation Don't worry, I have lots to talk about when it comes to manifestation because spelling is exactly that. It's a magical term. It helps you remember. It gives it, it puts it out into the universe and the universe does its magic. I'll get witchy poo on you a different day, but now we're getting the basic combo and the basic background of witches. But hold on, I'm digressing. But the word spelling and the word spell, people don't seem to put that together. Uh, They piggyback on each other, they help each other, just like what these women were doing for everyone else. So, and I also want to say a manifestation is absolutely a very real scientific and magical thing. We'll do some, we'll do some, uh, some testing later on. Um, manifestation used to be looked at as a miracle, but when men like they couldn't figure it out or they didn't trust the process or they couldn't recreate it, all of a sudden it was labeled black magic. And if men actually scratch that, strike that. If people don't get what they want, and we are human and we do need instant gratification, if people don't get what they want, they get very irate. You know, it's almost like they have temper tantrums, and you can have a temper tantrum at any age. So if they don't understand what's going on, again, filling in their own blanks with their imagination, and that's when the evil lies of witches skinning cats and eating the flesh of newborn babies started to be, started to be a thing. And history tends to keep repeating itself because people that spread these vicious lies and these rumors, they're hurt people. And it's true, hurt people they really do hurt people. And broken people, they want to break people. So sometimes you just got to be careful who's in that circle because you never know if someone's handing you a peace offering or throwing stones behind your back and hiding their hands, you know? It's interesting what, what jealousy and greed and vanity and envy and the feeling of having to win or be the best or be on top. It's amazing what it can do to a person and this was all the end of the beauty that was once surrounding the witch's name all right so that is absolutely enough (laughs) of like the history lesson even though it was kind of fun you know had a little little sexual antics in there and whatnot but now we're gonna fast forward okay and again kind of like a nerd history buff but fun right We're going to fast forward to 1921, because let's be real, a bad reputation can stay with a gal for that long, like generations, and men and women, they can hold one hell of a grudge. But in 1921, there was this woman, her name was Margaret Murray. She wrote this book called The Witch Cult in Western Europe. I don't know what, you know, possessed her. (laughs) No pun intended. How about we say inspired? I don't know what inspired her, but... What she wanted to argue and challenge was the thought process that witchcraft should not be looked at as a cult, but rather a dominant religious force. No, what? Crickets. This woman single-handedly rebirthed the Wiccan religion. Okay, so here we go. Just like the words spell and spelling are kissing cousins and probably sisters, The word Wicca literally means craft for the wise. So if you don't even know what it means, but you're going to make fun of it, it obviously means that you're not wise. So I'm just going to, again, I'm going to leave that there. Wiccans stand for love, wisdom, harmony, and the promotion of healing by using ancient practices and healing herbs. They super sound scary. Super dangerous. Wiccans also live by a covenant understanding that reads, harm none. Again, they sound awful. <laughs> you know I'm being sarcastic and I'm, I'm totally kidding. I just think that it remains to be seen who the world's powerful people are now, who those people will choose to be their next wish, which, ah, who they will choose to persecute. And as history has shown, the feared one is often a beautiful, intelligent, independent female. But I have to ask you this, which witch is which? Want to find more Commanding Conversations, other tips, tricks, topics, and more fun things to talk about, you can follow me on all social platforms. My handle is Commanding Connections. See you there. Bye. Have you ever stopped to think in the middle of your whirlwind crazy day while life is just spiraling around you? What about me? Did you ever forget who in what your dreams were back in the day that goal that you wanted to reach you thought by now in life for sure you would be here or you would be there and yet you're probably not even close to that well i'm here to tell you and help you remember who you are let you find that light within you and i want to build a community that helps others reach their goals Let's not forget, we're going to add a little advice and a lot of spice. So you're in the right spot because you are about to embark on a commanding conversation. I just wanted to take a brief moment to thank Spotify, Anchor, and Apple for giving me the opportunity to give you my commanding conversations. Without their help, support, and sponsorship, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So thank you so much, and check us all out on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple today. So when we started this topic... I said the word witch. And I told you that the green Wicked Witch of the West popped into my head right away, right? And it probably did for you too. But not all witches should be painted as ugly, jealous, insecure people. I mean, those are normal people to me, not witches. When I think of a witch now, I think of like beautiful Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock, like in Practical Magic. Or how about all the girls that are in the cast of Harry Potter. We need to celebrate women who help other women and lift them up. We need to strive for that success. And we need to, you know, pump up the women who are intelligent and driven and strong and independent. These qualities would paint a heroine, not a witch. And I always say that word wrong, but the female version of a hero. (laughs) So you want to... Revere these women. You want to celebrate them. You want them in your circle, in your corner, on your team. The haters are the wicked ones. The haters are the ones that don't have what it takes, can't cut it, so they're going to cut you down. And unfortunately, those things never change. Things are not always what they seem. I've asked you which which is which. But now I think I should ask you, who do you relate to? All right, no more dramatic pauses. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Modern day witches, right? And don't worry, I haven't like, you know, gone off the deep end and gotten a black cat and, you know, have like the blood of a goat over my door. It's not, I'm not like that. I just love learning about cultures. So the topic at hand is modern day witches. So if you were a modern-day witch today, what would you look like? What would they do? So looking at that, I looked into that even more. And like recent events like the Me Too movement, um, it took a hold and it encouraged women and it empowered them to not only take back their power but command respect from others. Did you see what I did there? Oh, yeah, I did. I'm going to do it again. Ready? To command respect from others. Because being smart and independent and beautiful and knowing who you are, those aren't traits that should be shamed. Those are traits that should be treasured. Okay? There were so many social media hashtags that took off with Witch Talk instead of, well, not instead of, but on TikTok. And it was trending. And there were videos that were going viral and there were new phrases like grounding yourself, check your energies. You should sage your space. Is your chakra not aligned? These are all things that all of a sudden, like around the COVID time became part of like everyday vocabulary. And it was just, it was just so naturally evolved in our language. And I I will tell you a big part of that Is that, well, not a big part, but like something that took me by surprise is that it was super cool to be a witch, according to teen Vogue. So, I mean, if the teens are doing it, there you go. So, with this art exhibit, The Major Arcana, that took place in New York, this shed such a positive light on centuries old negative stigmas. And it was generational curses broken. It was someone that changed their perspective. It was someone that went out and showed the positive because everything is all like every topic is multifaceted. And some people might disagree with absolutely every word that I'm saying. And that's okay. I, I actually encourage that because that's what makes a commanding conversation. But everything is multifaceted. So I want to get to the deeper layers. I want to peel the onion layers back. I want to see why people think the way that they do. So with having this negative stigma, I mean, think about it. Everything, we're all two parts to a whole. So for everything negative, there's also positive in there too. I know you're going to get sick of like the the patty positivity in me, but it's true. I mean, it's seriously true. And these, this artist She was responsible for bringing this to light, okay? And I love it. When she was asked what she thought a modern-day witch was, her answer was freaking beautiful. She said to me, using witchcraft as a healing modality to process trauma, endure chronic illness, and to find empowerment by helping others. Well, hot damn. You go, girl. Nothing in there was self-satisfying. Nothing in there was for the good of the person at hand. It was all to help. And when she started saying to process trauma and endure chronic illness, I have lupus. And that'll come up in the show from time to time. And I have good days and I have bad days, but I always tell myself that someone else has it worse than me. So, you know, shut up or put up. And I'm kind of having like, you know, some... (laughs) Some setbacks, but every there's always a better comeback after a setback. And I, I completely believe in that. So, as someone who experiences and suffers from chronic illness like lupus, I have also found my inner empowerment and to rise up and to conquer my dreams, right? Because you can sit in that negative hamster wheel of a pity poo party, or you can, you know, shit or get off the pot. And I thought my time was done, so I got off the pot. And I started chasing dreams and chasing goals. And there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that doubt you. But, you know, as long as you're doing it for you, you can't do it for anybody else. I also, I also love that she said that by healing ourselves, we can better heal others and the community. And, like, how awesome is that? It's sort of kind of like a domino of a win-win-win-win-win situation. So, with that being said, what is considered modern witchcraft? So, just to recap, the old way of thinking a witch would be accused of changing consciousness at will. So, in today's words, that's called meditating. <laughs> it's also called therapy, and they would also use like the help of psychedelics. Okay? Well, there's medical marijuana. And then, you know, there's, there's mushrooms to help medicinally. It's not like they were given PCP and LSD and opium to people. I mean, maybe they were. I don't know. But for the content of my argument right here, I'm going to say that they were there to help. And if we could pin down a definition of a modern day witch, I think we could say that it's a woman who finds alternative systems for processing the world around you. Because sometimes life is hard, you know? And when you connect with the earth to heal, you're healing something in yourself and you're healing something in others. And just like karma, that comes back to you. So I think the real witches are the people that shame other women who want to help others. The traits of the real witches, not the ones that I've described. Maybe we should call them something else. I don't know. We have to come up with something. We'll start our own generational term changer. Um, The mean girls, the jealous girls, the girls that will do whatever it takes to win, to get ahead and to hurt others, the social climbers, the opportunists. Those are the witches. And believe me, for every witch, there's like two warlocks. So don't even get me started on that. And that would be a man. It's, it's funny how the people that shame the women that want to help others want the spotlight in the first place. It's like, doesn't make sense. Funny how that works, isn't it? So modern day jobs, if you were a witch, based on the definitions that I gave you and based on, you know, back in the day, people that would be tortured and killed and, you know, hung out to dry or had their bodies picked apart by vultures and whatnot, just for fun, you know. Hey, there was no TGIF on TV this weekend and definitely no Netflix series. So, you know, oh, let's just say Sally down the street does black magic and woo, let's see if we can, like, put some screws through her hands and burn her at the stake and then hang her upside down until she dies. I mean, totally sounds fun. So in today's terms, these are just a small list of people that would have all died awful deaths with shown no mercy, no grace, no understanding because fear took over. So think about all these people that just, this is just like a touch. Think of all of these vocations that I'm about to say and think if we didn't have them, where would we be? And these vocations include farming, gardening, Doctors, nurses, midwives. Let's go anesthesiologist, okay? Because they can control you by bringing you to the brink of death and then bringing you back. So picture going, if you've ever had a surgical procedure, picture being awake. Yeah, it's not, probably wouldn't be pretty. How about hospice care? They would automatically say that you were a murderer. Acupuncturists, veterinarians, this is a good one. If you are a female and you are the owner of a bar or a brewery, you were a heathen. Because you're not a monk? Because you don't have a wet dream? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Florists. Hair and fashion stylists. Chefs. Because you can make magic out of food. Some people call that palate pleasure, but okay. Librarians. Because knowledge is power. And the last one I have is a pharmacist because that seems to be the one that we revert to the most because there are so many ways that modern medicine has helped us. And there are so many hidden women behind the scenes that do need a little recognition. And if, you know, there were a couple of witches running around around a cauldron coming up with something so that I'm not going to get sick, I'm going to say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I hope that I was able to open your perspective just a little bit today. And I want you to see, you know, two sides of the coin. People are not always who you think they are. I hope that I'm definitely a model of that. I think we should not put people under a stigma or a stereotype. And we should give people the benefit of the doubt until they prove you wrong. I hope you th- what you thought about a witch was changed. And I hope you wonder which, which is which, because that's just super fun to say. I want to thank you for listening. And if you haven't seen the musical Wicked, please do. It's amazing. You need to. It's definitely hashtag best plot twist. I hope you manifest a magical day. And I hope what you heard today will inspire you to go out and create your own commanding conversation. Tune in next time, because if you thought that I was pushing the envelope a little bit now, just wait. Um, I'm about to knock your socks off. So with Holy Week coming up and Easter right around the corner, I thought that we would kind of zone in on my homegirl. Um, she's definitely not a fan favorite in my family, but her name is Mary. And we're going to dive deep and talk about her, because I am Team Mary all the way. Hashtag Mary Magdalene. I just wanted to thank you one last time for joining me. I'm so glad that you stopped by. I hope you had a good time and I hope you took something along for the ride. And remember, I want to see that smile reach your eyes. And until we talk next time, have an awesome, awesome commanding conversation. Okay, bye.